And finally, let's have a chat about some of the more difficult or unusual stories to do with motoring and transport. On the line, we have Errol Smith. G'day, Errol. G'day, David. And Brian Smith. G'day, Brian. G'day, David. And uh, Brian, I just wanted to mention that uh, depending on when your station is playing this uh, particular program, uh, the census night, if you haven't done it yet, it's still very important. My brother once said to me, I don't want to fill out this census form. No one uses it. And I said to him, I use it every day. I was in transport modelling and we were using the data to try and understand where people were and where they, uh, and, and then predict where they might be uh, with jobs available going to them. Brian, you would uh, use good data extensively, wouldn't you? It's crucial. It's crucial to investment in transport and infrastructure and services. So, yeah, I mean, the, the census really gives us a snapshot of where people are living and what they're doing and some of their, you know, where they're travelling to and from. It's vital. In this year, of course, there's an additional question in Ford or Holden. You know, you just have to tick <laughs> which one you uh, relate to. I was going to ask whether you thought there should be a question. Someone sent me in the... They were of the religious right, I think, saying that people should answer what religion they are confidently because it's a good thing to be part of. I thought I prefer them to answer what they actually believe in. That's right. Mm. Mm. I'm not condemning it. I just I think there's a whole new religion, as I've said before, which is uh, based on uh, party politics. Oh, and, and Pokemon Go. Yes, yes, yes. But I, don't, I think I think uh, apparently Jedi is, is receding as a. Oh, good, good. It's one of the more popular. They're dying ones. out. They've, you know, they've got nothing to offer people. <laughs> Just midi chlorians. It's the end of civilization as we know it. Let's move on from that. Errol, you have a story. Well, if your dream is to get behind the wheel of a Falcon XR8 or perhaps a GTS Maloo Ute and tear up the Great Ocean Road with no speed limits. Well, hold on to your hats because that dream can now be a reality for you. Well, a virtual reality, at least. You can do that in the upcoming game Forza Horizon 3 because it'll be set down under with a range of famous Aussie vehicles and famous Aussie locations, as well as many of the other vehicles players have come to expect, all sorts of international sports cars, etc. But you can take for a spin... Aussie classics such as the 1951 Holden 52106 FX Ute, all 60 horsepower's worth, the 1974 HQ Sandman panel van, the 1977 Tirana A9X, and the 73 XB Falcon GT. On top of that is a, a few more modern Aussie icons like the 2014 FPV Limited Edition Pursuit Ute and the 2014 HSV GTS. Now, David... I was a bit disappointed that the P76 didn't make the cut. <laughs> that would have been fantastic. That would have made, and with a 44-gallon drum in the boot. Of course, yeah. To, to for a bit so more I, uh, Errol, I understand this game um, has, uh, you know, you drive around and you may find some of these classic vehicles in yeah, the well, sheds, they, is it? Well, yeah, they, they call them barn finds in the game and they haven't listed what they'll be. So there is a, there, there's still a... You might dig up, dig up an old P seventy six in a barn in the middle of nowhere somewhere. <laughs> and do you want to have to restore it, and then you get a chance to drive it around? Yeah, or perhaps a you know a Tirana or a or a Monaro or something else. I think the Sandman panel van—that's what I'd be looking forward to tooling yeah. around. I wonder if it would have the the tiny skinny steering wheel and very very frighteningly light steering that makes you wonder whether yeah <laughs> you, you know, you're actually on the road or or. Uh, you know, uh, sliding through water. 
Yeah, well, they do try and try and make them realistic in terms of their the power and handling as much as you can in a computer game. Well, why? Well, I thought these games were all about winning. I understand that this Frozen Horizon, Frozen Horizon stuff, For, Forza, David, is uh, about winning races, and you also can increase your popularity by driving fast, destroying property, and performing other stunts and antics. Is a 1951 Holden Ute the sort of car that you want to do with? I, <laughs> if, if you're going to build it honestly, it's going to have to stop every 1,000 kilometres and change the oil. Now, the deal there, David, of course, is that you find one that's its only pristine version left in the world and you trash it for extra points driving it through a caravan like mad max to make it real though after about twenty thousand k you've got to decoke it <laughs> yes. you get extra points if you can regrind the uh the valves the, the valves virtually by hand <laughs> now they, they've got a compressed version of australia isn't it so rather than the yeah. full excitement of driving thousands of kilometers um, they've got it all compressed up so that you can, you know, drive from mountains to the sort of beach and to Uluru and places like that straight away almost. Yeah, yeah. It's it's still an, what they call an open world game, so you can pretty much drive wherever you want, but obviously it's not the full size of Australia, so you don't have to spend, you know, 24 hours nonstop hooning up the coast. Does the panel van have a bench seat and do you take a partner with you and do you have to stop regularly for some social recreation <laughs> i reckon david you could probably park it backwards in a drive-in wouldn't that be fantastic in the <laughs> yes in the video game and then you know lie in the back and, and uh, open the hatches and watch the movie through the back if you do well in the game do you get extra points and so you can buy things like insulation for the inside of the car because those panel vans i had one were very cold I think when you do really well in the game, you get a chance to buy a Japanese car. <laughs> so one that's reliable and comfortable and has a radio that does more than AM and <laughs> cassette player. I watched a couple of you, well, a YouTube uh, version of some young guy describing with great uh, fanfare the upcoming new cars on it, of which he knew absolutely nothing about. He didn't know what a panel van was. I think they still called it a ute as well. Ute, poor sad gigs. The ute was very significant in Australia, although Australia wasn't the first place to make a ute. I think Henry Ford made one in America. But uh, it became very big in, a, in, in Australia in 1934 when Ford made one. And they did it because a lady wrote to them and said that they wanted a car that was good enough to go to church on Sunday and carry a pig to market on Monday. <laughs> and the guy who made that was Louis Bant, I think his name was. And uh, he was the engineer who worked on it in Australia very much. And, you know, it was he died in 1987. You know how he died? He went to an ABC show on utilities, driving a restored version of the old one, and driving home he had an accident and died. Oh, oh terrible. No. Hmm. Whose turn is it? Mine, David. David, if you've got $420,000 plus on-road costs to buy uh, a Bentley SUV, it's their new Bentayga, you'll probably want to use it out in the boondocks and uh, you might want to take it fishing. Not any kind of fishing, but Bentley has got you covered. If you are a fly fisherman or a fly fisher person, 
Bentley is providing us an option, uh, one of the most expensive fishing kits of all times. It costs $140,000. It's handcrafted. It includes uh, much more than just a plastic tackle box straight in the boot and, uh, you know, a broken down old smelly um, fishing rod and reel. It's got uh, four sort of uh, uh, beautiful fly rods in saddle leather trimmed tubes with linen cross stitching, two nets in leather bags, and uh, a tackle box, which in, is also a refreshment case. It also includes a place for putting your waders uh, to keep them, um, uh, keep the, I guess, the damp out of the car. Um, the drinks case is also trimmed in linen leather, uh, and the wooden uh, waiter storage um, comes with a neoprene-lined interior. You can also get a, a, a mechanical clock as an option too, $300,000 Mulliner Turbulon. Uh, by Brettling. And of course, uh, if you don't want to fish, you can go on a picnic, David. And of course, uh, Bentley helps out with a uh, a picnic set, which is uh, just $55,000. It's called the Lindley Hamper by Mulliner. Uh, and it's uh, basically, um, yeah, you'll be able to show what it means to go on a picnic in your $420,000 Bentley. I don't really see that sort of Bentley even though it's a, a SUV with a sticker on the back saying "Gone Fishing," I don't. It just doesn't fit it. it if you are really going to do it, are they going to have roof racks for for fishing poles? Well, that's right. You need roof racks. You need a tow bar because you're probably going to tow the tinny, hmm. or at least uh, you know some kind of very large sea ocean going yacht behind it. Or I, I just wonder, you know, do you throw um, you know a hand line in the boot and a couple of uh, sugar bags to bring home your smelly fish in? And I wonder whether the smell, like, um, you know, after you've been fishing in there, potentially the, instead of the new car smell or the smell of the leather, you've got the smell of a, of a stinky old trout. I wondered about that. The other thing is, do you have a bull bar on the front with that plastic tubing where you hold the rods in? Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> and a winch. I, I don't think I'd ever want to use it because, you know, what if you lost a piece? You know, that's 20 grand. Yeah. Oh, yeah, to replace it. <laughs> But but I was thinking, if you went fishing with your mates and you came back empty-handed, how useless are you? You had a $140,000 fishing <laughs> set and you couldn't catch anything. Well, actually, I think it's the sort of thing Donald Trump would use. He would then go out, uh, catch no fish, and then he'd lie about the one that got away. <laughs> That's right. Yes. But I guess, um, in reality, no one is going to use these things for fishing, are they? I mean, I doubt anyone's going to, to spend $140,000 for their option and then, then actually go fishing. So it'll be more a, just a brag thing, which I think fits into fishing, doesn't it? Yes. Well, you know, it's all about the uh, kit, about the gear. A lot like, the, you know, that these SUVs will never go off-road. You know, the fishing set in the back will never get used for fishing. <laughs> but do you keep it in the car? Do you carry it around with you everywhere? It seems to fill a large part of the boot up. Yes. So I suspect it's something you, you place in there with your special luggage, your leather-bound luggage when you travel. Is it, has it actually got a fishing rod as part it of it? It has. It's got four rods and reels mm. all, all mm. fitted into cases, and the rods yeah, break down into these small tubes that are part of the parcel shelf. Mm. Uh, but, but they made a photograph of a fellow in a flat hat and uh, sort of lots of uh, expensive-looking outdoor gear holding said fishing rod under his arm while he, I think, contemplates the meaningless of his, meaninglessness of his existence. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you do but, with leftover burley? <laughs> that's right. You, well, I mean, you can't afford to throw it away. <laughs> well, yeah, the whole 
question of bait. I think this is why they went with the fly fishing. So, you know, you don't have bait in the back of the car. My brother bought um, a, uh, what did he buy? It was a, a Valiant of some kind, uh, very cheaply. And when he opened the boot, he realized why. There's a, a whole bunch of fishing gear in there that uh, had not been cleaned and the remains of several fish. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> That smell never left that car. Oh, no. But at, at least with this thing, you would never lose track of time while you were fishing. Not with because that clock. Because you've, you've spent $300,000 on the clock in the well, dash. you watching that clock all the time. And it's a mechanical dash clock. What, what, yes. It's got a pendulum on it or something. It's an That's English it. car, David, so the electricals are not very reliable. Yes, yes. Da- no, David, David, it's not, a, it's not a dash clock. It's a solid gold timepiece. You can get there very to where you're going very quickly. It has a six-liter W12 engine, 447 kilowatts, 900 newton meters. It's uh, uh, yeah, just so you can rush there and show everyone your wonderful fishing set. Okay, now uh, be a thinker. Use your blinker, the gentlemen. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about painting bus stops. Uh, and bus shelters in Darwin, and we worried about young people doing all this sort of Banksy, modern sort of what some would call art, others would call graffiti. And now they're getting school children to do it, but with messages. Be a thinker, use your blinker. Be a star, watch for the car. It's something that's uh, meant to be quirky, but uh, memorable, and something that might make you think. Gentlemen, would you like to contribute to this, or do you think it's a good idea? I love it. I like that it's using the sort of children's uh, childish images to uh, draw more attention to them. I think it works on a couple of nice levels. Mm. Yeah, David, I'm clearly too old to contribute to this type of thing. Because <laughs> um, it, it really does literally look like they've got some kids' homework and sort of blown it up to, to sort of, you know, poster size and stuck it on the side of a bus stop. I only my only my only sort of concern is that is is this talking down to drivers, you know, sort of treating them like children. I don't know if that's well. There's a reason for that. They act like children. So. <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> I tried to think of some. Drive mild, avoid the child. Oh, that's a nice one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Drive slow and save some dough. Or like the bike, truck, truck. No, I couldn't think of anything for that. There have been a number of. Uh, limericks about cars and uh, this sort of thing. Uh, a limerick barn has been wrecked by a drunk driving woman unchecked with no calms about stealing the truck she was wheeling. She ought to be, rhymes say, decked. In other words, it's not very clever. There's also another one that starts, a fellow whose car has been towed freaked out when he heard what he owed. And I thought that was rather clever, but then the rest of it just became horrible. The, the, the thing that, it, that actually... Is, is interesting about this is that because that's, it's, it's all very multicolored and it's got sort of that sort of, you know, kids' crayon kind of palette to it, apparently they just they don't get graffiti on them. Well, I think they say that the stops have largely been largely untouched mm. by vandals and taggers. I'm pretty sure that the vandals don't respect anything in taggers. But yeah, in this case, uh, you know, I think people are reluctant to make a a mess of what looks like something's been put together by children, or perhaps is because they've filled up the space with colour already. It's been largely unaffected, or it's been affected by large people. It's, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> large taggers. Yeah, I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> Finally, Errol, you have a story for us. Well, David, there's a stereotype around the typical male BMW driver, 
um, that I'm probably about to reinforce. Uh, a, a manager for a BMW dealer in Perth has been sacked for looking online at the kind of um, pure driving pleasure that has nothing to do with BMWs or cars, if you know what I mean. Um, however, his sacking came after his access to that kind of more adult material was blocked. So um, at the time then he was sacked, he was restricted to, to looking at, shall we say, tasteful stills of, of recent models with the, without their chassis exposed. Um, <laughs> he took issue with, with the sacking and he eventually won an unfair dismissal case, would you believe, getting about uh, 25K in compensation. But um, you can't really buy a lot of BMW with that, can you? <laughs> Do you know, he could have solved all of these problems if he, instead of looking at the stuff on his uh, computer, if he'd just gone down to the mechanics and, uh, you know, <laughs> seen the Pirelli calendars down there and uh, all the other stuff that no doubt the mechanics all still have up everywhere. I don't think he should be sacked. I think he should be allowed to use the cost as a tax deduction, in fact, because selling cars has always been using scantily clad women. He could have put it down as research. Ah, true. That's indeed. He was yeah. researching for the next car show. Yeah, that's right. Well, now, I say <laughs> that in somewhat derogatory terms, but I still do remember the first Monaro with the woman in the white jumpsuit getting out of the car. That's uh, And I went to a, a press launch of a, a, a big show one time and Peugeot had a bit of a display there and I had a few dancers there and one of them was a topless woman uh -huh. really? with painting all over and, and it went over appallingly as it should uh, so it should now uh, they, he did say he was looking at the Wonderlust Wildly Beautiful Women in Nature on the website, I looked that up for research purposes <laughs> <laughs> were, you, were you a hacked as well, were you David, a, yes. a virus yes, yeah, so I should mention, yeah, he claimed he had a virus on his computer that, that opened all these sites for him. <laughs> well, look, I looked at the size, disappointed. There was no cars there. Oh, yeah, so he wasn't doing research. Now, BMW, BMW, has often been used as an acronym for a number of words, uh, a number of things, things like brutal money waster, barely moving wreck, which I like, uh, and one I particularly like, born moderately wealthy. I thought that was... <laughs> rather clever <laughs> but one of them that it is often being mentioned is babe magnet wannabe uh -huh. uh. i think that might be appropriate the other thing is a guy who keeps looking at porn on the internet the w could have stood for something totally different ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, still there we go gentlemen they're lovely to talk to you thanks very much for your time no You're worries, welcome, David. David. Brian Smith and Errol Smith talking those stories that we love to chat about here on Overdrive. <laughs> 